Hi everyone, it's Amy Atkinson here from The Fentrepreneur and welcome to this week's Simply Digital Marketing podcast episode where we have another awesome guest for you and I know many of you wonder whether blogging is even still a thing nowadays. So I'm here to tell you it definitely is. If anything, it helps with the SEO of your website as you come across as an expert to the Google algorithms and you update your site often with a blog, which also helps with SEO. So I thought it would be helpful for you all to have an expert to come on here, giving you practical tips for writing blogs. So let me introduce you to Michelle Eshkerry, who is a specialist in content and copywriting for the health and wellness industry. So if you need help on your website, your social media or blogs, definitely do get in touch with her. And we are going to talk all things blogging. So my first question for you, Michelle, is how do you decide what to write about? So hi, Amy. Thanks very much for having me on. It's great to be here today. How do we decide what to write about? That's a great question. So I suppose it would depend really on what your business is, what is currently topical in your industry and what users are searching for on Google. So there are ways that we can uh, make topic selection easier. Um, Simply go to Google, uh, type in your keywords and have a look to see what comes up on the search bar. And the other thing that you can also use is a site called answerthepublic.com. And you just type in a couple of keywords and it will come back with lots of different questions that people have been typing into Google recently. So that can help you to narrow down a topic that might help your site to rank on Google. Oh, I've not heard of that website before. I'll definitely have to check yes, that out. Yes, answerthepublic.com. Okay, answerthepublic.com. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. And okay, so while we're on the topic of keywords, how do you actually figure out what keywords to use? Yeah, so this is quite difficult uh, or can be quite difficult um, because it's not always um, obvious what keywords to use. The problem that people have is that they want to go after very competitive keywords. So if, say, for example, you sell shoes um, uh, and, you know, you want to rank for shoes, you're going to have a big problem because you're going to be up against the likes of, you know, in the UK, you're going to be against Marks and Spencer's and John Lewis and Next and all these massive companies that have huge uh, advertising and marketing budgets. So you've not got hope in hell of ranking for shoes. Um, So what you wanna do is start to hone your keywords down to a much more specific, and we call that long tail keywords. So that would be a phrase which is three or four words long, which really helps to narrow down what it is you sell. And if you, although the um, volume of searches is likely to be lower on those key phrases, you're gonna be um, getting back or you're going to be ranking for those keywords and your users that are searching for those are much more likely to be further down that buying funnel because they've honed in on exactly what it is they're after so if you were going to sell sell sort of leather shoes uh, red size seven then you're going to narrow down the number of searches that get returned and you can rank more more likely to be able to rank higher for that key term 
if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think actually that's a really good point and really helpful for any small business owners to help them bring their costs down really when it comes to advertising. Because also nowadays, even if you think about how you search for things, you tend to ask quite specific questions depending on what you want. Google is so clever. So you may as well be using that in your keyword searches. Okay, so we'll move on to yeah, the next yeah. question. Uh, can I just, oh, I'll, I'll just give a couple of tips on that in terms yeah. of, there are a couple of uh, sites that you can use to help you with um, uh, keyword research. There's um, one that provides a number of free searches per month um, and that's called Ubersuggest. Okay. And there's another one which I use, which I pay for because I do lots of work on keyword research, yeah. and that's called Key Search. And you type your sort of two or three word phrase in, and it will tell you um, how many searches there are per month and how competitive it is to rank for that keyword. And yeah. it will give you the top 10. Um, sites that rank for that keyword and you can look to see you know how uh, what we call domain authority are they really big sites like John Lewis and Next that I mentioned before or yeah. are there smaller sites that have, have been able to rank because they've been using blogs and updating their website frequently so that can help you to decide which keywords to go after and the other thing it does is it gives you other related keywords that might be even easier to rank for so you can make a decision as as to what you're going to use for that particular blog or web page. So that's yeah. re those really useful sites. Yeah, okay. No, that's really good to know. The the keywords one, what was it called? Sorry. Key search. Key search. Mm -hmm. So would you was it, how much is that one at the moment? Obviously, we're recording this in October 2020. So how much do you remember I how much that one is? It's about four, 13 or 14 dollars a month, I pay. Right. So it's not massively expensive if you're doing a lot of searches. Yeah, yeah, mm. okay. And if you're blogging probably a f a f every week, then actually that might be worthwhile for people. It might be if you know if your blog, if the intention of your blog is to drive traffic to your website, then it could be a worthwhile investment. Yeah, but okay. even that site, I think you get um, a few free searches per month as well. So if you're oh, only right. doing a low number, you can still go and give it a try. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you, Michelle. So now people know roughly what they're talking about and what words to include to help with ranking on Google. What would you say is the next important thing for them to write a blog? So I would say you've got to really think about your call to action on the blog. Yeah. What do you want your user to do once they've read what you've written for them? Um, because it's, there's nothing worse really than leaving your user just hanging at the end thinking, well, what next? <laughs> yeah. You want to, you know, even if it's a soft call to action, like perhaps say, leave me a comment or, you know, if, you, um, if, if you're a product based business, you could ask people to, um, you know, post up pictures of them using your product or, um, you know, just give a comment on the, you know, what they thought about the blog. That would be a soft call to action. So it's not salesy in any way. It's just uh, developing the customer relationship. Um, but obviously, if, it, if your blog is more driven towards like perhaps, um, you know, a, a, a training session that you've got going on or something like that, where you're wanting to get people into your workshop or you're actually selling something, then obviously you want to have a, a more sales type call to action, um, you know, where you can send your 
um, read off to your website to buy or to, to book, whatever it is you want them to, um, to do with the blog. Yeah, I think it's really important to have a call to action because even if it's just your blogging about something that might be helpful for someone, you might have more hints and tips that might be helpful for that person, even if it's an old blog you've written or maybe you've got a Facebook group or a Facebook page where you put up more regular hints and tips. It could just be something like that that you link people through to because that's what I do quite a bit. Yeah, that can work really well yeah definitely and I know when we've we've had a quick chat before this call about starting with the end of the blog so you were saying how important it is to start with the end of the blog so why do you think that I think it's it's because what I said before you need to have something at the end for the reader to do but I find Mm. um particularly when I'm teaching people about how to write blogs they find it really hard to get started yeah, they just it's really hard to have a blank sheet of paper and begin at the beginning because you don't actually, you know, when you're introducing your blog, you're not really sure what you're going to write necessarily. If you start at the end, you, you know, and you've thought about your call to action, then it's actually quite easy to write the closing paragraph because it just leads into the call to action. So I start with the, you know, the end purpose in mind. Mm. And, and blogs aren't always for selling either you know they it could be that you just want to give information and um, improve your sort of credibility and your authority in a particular field that you work in um so just always think about what is the purpose of that blog is it growing my audience is it delivering value is it actually more of a sales blog and start with that and it's much easier to get going because we all know at the end of the day what we want to do with our audience. But um, it's quite hard to start at the beginning of a blog. But we do obviously need to get to that. <laughs> so then does that mean once you've done the end, do you go back to the start after I, that? I would recommend not doing that, actually, because, okay. again, um, back to this, it's quite hard to write the beginning if you're not sure what you've written about you know what you've said Fair in the enough, rest of yeah. the blog because the introduction to something is is sort of telling somebody what's going to happen and then the main content is the actual meat of it and then this conclusion is just you know summarizing what you've already said so I would say at this point go for your main content and I would say um, from a SEO perspective you want to have around about 400 500 words 600 words minimum for a blog is ideal yeah google will rank um longer content more highly um but when you're just starting out with blogging that could feel a bit overwhelming so start with a you know aiming for say 500 words and if you think about it as five paragraphs of 100 words it doesn't feel so daunting so you're going to have 100 words introduction three key messages or main points of 100 words each and then your conclusion of 100 words which would include your call to action so when you think about it like that it's much less daunting mm-hmm. um 100 words isn't actually that much it's probably about six six sentences six to seven sentences we don't want to have our sentences be too long because that can yeah. really make it hard for your you um, your reader to understand what you're writing so go for the main content Think about your three main messages that you want to get across to your reader and, um, you know, maybe six to seven sentences is all you need on each of those. If you've got more to say, great, 
you know, extra point, extra um, messages equals extra paragraphs. And that's just increases in the length of your blog, which is always good. Yeah. Ah, okay, right. So that basically means you've pretty much finished. You've written the end. You've written the main body of the content. I guess now you'd need to do the opening paragraph last. Yeah, so that's the next thing to look at. We, we need to um, provide a hook. So something that's interesting in the first couple of sentences to um, encourage the reader to read on. OK, so yeah. it needs to we need to really be um, ensuring that we are making clear what the benefit of investing that time is, because it might be, you know, a, a 500 word blog isn't going to take um, somebody that long to read unless it's really technical. Um, it's maybe five minutes. Yeah, maximum. Mm -hmm. But even so, it's still an investment of time by the reader. So they need to be certain at the outset that it's worth investing that time. So the first you know, couple of sentences want to bring your reader in, um, you know, maybe something um, that's not necessarily shocking, but surprising, perhaps, or just a bit quirky or amusing or a statistic that could draw them in. All of these are quite good ways uh, to get your reader's attention. So that's what you want to be putting into your opening paragraph and then just to outline what else you're going to cover. OK, perfect. And then what about the title or the heading? Yeah, that's super important. <laughs> you know, um, I think the statistics suggest that like 80 percent of people only ever read the title, never actually click on it because it doesn't. Yeah, um, it's not them... enticing enough. Yeah, exactly. So mm -hmm. um, the title does need to be compelling. Uh, but we I think we need to be a little bit careful to avoid the sort of clickbait type titles. You know, like um, man tries to hug a wild lion. You won't believe what happens next type <laughs> title. Right. <Yeah>. But <laughs> unless it is like really relevant to what you do, <laughs> it, uh, you're probably going to disappoint your reader. Yeah. yeah, you know, we've seen we've kind of seen those sorts of sites where, you know, there are whole sites that are dedicated to those type yeah. of articles. Yeah. right? Um, so you want to be using a title that, you know, again, explains the benefit really clearly to the reader. And there are a couple of again, a couple of sites that you can use to help you hone your title. And I would say use them as a guideline rather than a, than a sort of absolute thing. But they give your headline a score um, based on sort of how click worthy they are and quite how they work that score out is is a little bit tricky to know but it does in, you know encourage you to have the title the right sort of length have interesting words in the in the title that make it more in uh, you know more likely that the reader would um click on the title so one of these that i use quite often is called coschedule.com slash headline analyzer um, so that could be quite, it's just, you know, I wouldn't get too hung up on it, but it's worth just running it through that. Because if you get a super low score, you might want to, you know, make, play around with it a little bit and see if you can increase the, the ranking a bit. Mm. Anything above 70 on that site is classed as being a pretty good title. Okay, brilliant. So are there any other hints or tips or anything that you can share with us when we're writing our blogs? Yeah, so if you're writing for SEO, um, obviously not everybody is, but you know, some people, most people are going to um, consider thinking about that because why not? If you, you know, there are some fairly basic, essential things that you can do 
to help your blog rank more highly. So if you're using WordPress, um, for example, or, or some of the others, um, you know, Wix and other um, platforms do also have uh, plugins that you can use to help you with your SEO. So there are plugins like Yoast, um, which is quite a popular one. Yeah, that's the one I use. Yeah, you stick it on your site and then when you upload your blog, it li literally sort of tells you where there are any sort of deficiencies or problems with what you've mm. written. So, so helpful. To, yeah, to keep it simple, you once you've chosen your keyword, you need to make sure that your keyword is um, in your title, preferably as um, at the beginning, if you possibly can. But there's always a balance to be had, isn't there, between writing for Google and writing for your reader. Yeah, so, you, you don't know, want to be salt and peppering your blogs with, with all the keywords so that your customer's yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah, not <laughs> keyword stuffing, which is what we used to have in in the olden days um, yeah. it is more of a sprinkling these these days yeah yeah but there are some key places where it's really important to have your keyword so the, the title is is the first place because that's the first thing that google's going to look at to figure out what is this blog about the second place you want to have your keyword is in the um, main uh, sort of um uh what's the word um, first paragraph first sentence yeah and certainly no further along than the first hundred words of the blog okay you also um need to split your blog up in a way that helps your reader to sit sort of um know where they are so you know in writing terms we call it signposts but basically just subtitles so that you're breaking the text up so it makes it easier to read and also it just helps the reader sort of guides the reader through the blog mm -hmm. so if you can put your keyword in um, one or more of the subtitles that will also help your SEO probably in a 500 word blog you only need it in one of the subtitles so if you if you remember if we go back to the three paragraph approach the main content you could have three subtitles and you'd probably need your keyword in one of those subtitles at least okay so if you've got a longer blog you might need to put it in more of the subheadings um, the other places we um, are more sort of on the back end of your website um so i won't go into tons of detail but things like making sure your url for the blog contains your keyword um also if you're you should ideally use at least one picture on your blog and that picture should be um named using the keyword and also there's something called alt text which you get um, on images which is an image description that google will use to try and work out um, what is that image about so if you put your keyword in there as well you can actually have your picture rank on google images as another way for people to find your blog if that makes sense yeah, and for anyone that doesn't know what alt text is for, it's basically for the visually impaired. So it will help someone who has come to your website who can't necessarily see the picture that if you if someone hovered over it, it would then talk to them to and literally describe what you've put mm -hmm. as the alt text image. Yeah. So they know what you're just well, what you've put up. Yep, so that's really important. And there, there are a few other sort of more minor SEO um, essential things that Yoast particularly will help you with. Um, but if you're just, you know, if you're going to write your blog into Word 
or another word processing tool, then you know the main places would be the title, the uh, first paragraph, and the subheadings, and against the images. So if you get all of that in place, you're probably ahead of most people. <laughs> particularly the alt text is one thing that people just don't bother with. Yes, and yeah, it can make a difference. Yeah, it really can. And when you do all of these little things individually, aren't gonna you know, suddenly change everything overnight. But when you consistently do these things, then you will find it massively helps you in the long run. So yeah, I really, really agree and recommend with what, what you're saying, because it is so, so true. Okay, so we've written the blog, we've got our keywords, we've sprinkled them in rather than literally dumped them in every, everywhere. Yeah, and don't forget that because when we did our keyword research, we came up with other related keywords. So you can put yeah. those in as well. So it's, you, although you have to choose one main keyword, which goes in the title and all those other places, you can, you know, it's, it's possible to rank for those other related keywords as well. So you've got to use them in your in main copy. If yeah. That and yeah. then it will make it so much nicer to read from a customer point of view as well. Yeah. So I would say my, my advice would be if you're, if, if, if the, all of this sounds a bit overwhelming, don't worry too much about the SEO. You're going to do, you know, you can, you can massage what you've written slightly at the end. Keep your keyword in mind and try and use that at the beginning, but then write it for the reader because Google wants to see quality content and that you know is, is very, very important. So write a good quality blog and then go back and say, well, actually, you know, I'll need, I need to add in the keyword a couple more times and find the most appropriate place to put it. Like you say, you don't have to stuff it in hundreds of times. Um, in fact, that will de-rank your, your blog. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that's quite helpful with Yoast as well is they've got a readability score, don't they? So that's right, yeah. That will help you when you're writing things. So Yeah, that, that's sort of all around um, using the active voice rather than the passive. Um, it's also um, looking at sentence length. So if you're writing sentences that are too long, that can make it harder for a, a reader to understand what you've said. If you've got, you know, um, you want a bit of variability in the sentence length as well to make it interesting. So if all your sentences are the same length, that can be quite monotonous and you're likely to, you know, more likely that your reader bounces off your page before getting to the end of your blog. So, yeah, that readability score. I, I wouldn't go too heavy on worrying about getting it perfect because some of the things it suggests are you know maybe uh, quite elementary I mean it's the idea is that a 12 year old can read your blog so if you're writing quite a technical blog if say if you're working finance or law or something like that then you might you know you'd struggle to actually hit that readability um, you know to turn that readability button green uh, in Yoast because it would just be dumbing it down too much if that makes sense yeah. so you, you, it's just a guide really yeah See, guys, this is why I got Michelle on here, because she is literally giving us so much gold here. OK, so we've written the blog. We've got everything sorted. Now what do we do? Where do we put it? Do we can we do anything with it afterwards? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why spend all that um, hard effort, get, you know, uh, creating a perfect blog if you're not going to tell people about it? So we need to be not just obviously posting it on our website, and then using that um, 
you know the full link to the blog in various different places on our social media and in our groups that we, we hang out in but also um, taking the opportunity to repurpose the blog into lots of you know, potential different um, media forms. So your blog could uh, be turned into, let's say for example, Instagram posts using just, you know, one sentence from the blog and creating a picture. And then you can, you know, always say, you know, link in bio and get your person back. Uh, to your website so you it's about driving traffic both ways you've got the organic search from coming you know people typing into google finding your blog that way and landing on your website but you can drive people back the other way using your socials so um you know you could turn your blog into a podcast for example you could turn it into a short video and um you know or a quiz or a, a lead magnet or, or anything really you know you can just Get, you can get you know a lot of content out of one even quite short blog so yeah. don't just write the blog and don't do nothing with it that that is you know criminal really <laughs> you got to be making the most of it re definitely repurposing it um, because not everybody wants to read but they'd quite happily listen or watch so you've yeah, got to think and, that, and I think that's where it really sorry go on just so say you've got to think about how is your your particular audience how do they like mm -hmm. to consume? Because yeah. it might be different yeah. in different industries or it might just be that you want to do it in a couple of different ways and see which one's quite popular. And then you might major more on that the next time you write a blog. Yeah, that is exactly oh, what sorry. I was going to say. So I didn't even need to say. No, it's fine. I didn't even need to say. So how can our listeners get any more information or help from you? Uh, well, they're very welcome to contact me. I'm always happy to, to talk to people about um, specific questions that they might have about their blogs. Um, interested to read other one, uh, other people's blogs as well. If you've got something you'd want to share, that's great. Um, if you want a bit more help, I've, I've actually got um, my last blog post writing workshop, which I'm finding very hard to say, blog post writing <laughs> workshop of 2020 as the last one coming up on the 3rd of November, Ooh. which is actually, um, it's a slightly different um, workshop to them, what you might normally get, because a lot of workshops are quite generic. So we would go over, you know, you might learn what I've just talked about today, um, but then you have to go away and do it yourself. Whereas this workshop it is two and a half hours and you're actually going to be writing during the workshop. So there's a little bit of pre-work to do to think about your topic that you want to write about and also come up with your three key messages that you want to deliver to your audience. And you send those to me in advance and I do the keyword research and um, come up with the keywords for you. And then in the session, we'll, I'll actually take um, users through those tools that I discussed and show them exactly how to use the tools, um, how to do their... Um, topic selection and their keyword research and then we'll actually start with the call to action we'll spend some time writing that then there's a big chunk of time in the middle probably about 45 minutes where you actually get to write your three main paragraphs and if you get stuck you can come out into a breakout room and I can help you with it um, while everyone else stays in the main room so it's a very small group that we're working with and so by the end of the session you should if not have finished your blog you'll have the you know quite a fair chunk of writing done and you'll know how to finish it so 
that's slightly different. You know, it's a bit more of a, a hand-holding than you might normally get in, in a workshop. And the other thing that I also offer is a free um, feedback um, on the finished blog after you've um, written it. If you want me to look it over, I'll do that as well. It's all included in the cost. Yeah, do you know what? I think that's invaluable for people who are writing blogs or trying to really work on their blogs for the first time. Because even if you get that feedback the first time, the chances are that sort of feedback will be relevant to you with all of the stuff that you're writing in the future. So I will get that link or information off you, Michelle, and I'll put it all on my socials and in the description for this podcast so people can check it out. And I'll also get all of the other links that you've mentioned, because I think that would be really helpful. For yeah, people. absolutely. Brilliant. Okay, everyone. I think that is it for today. So if you have found this episode helpful or enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe to us and also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Femtrepreneur. And I will see you next week.